Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Let's just go through what you've learned in the last 30 days. And if you're wondering why you're a little overwhelmed, <laughs> this might help you explain it. We have gone through about two years of human development in 30 days. But the most important part about this is not to belittle the fact that we've gone at a fairly rapid rate. The fact of the matter is great leadership recognizes that we evolve into incompetence and therefore if we don't grab a hold of the whole process of dealing with reinventing ourselves and being a great leader and, and also a balanced life, if we don't grab hold of it and we just do it by drip feed, it's the equivalent to the Chinese water torture test which is you know drip one drip on your forehead very slowly until you go nuts. So it's really important I think, and well done for you for going through the 30 days. And yes, sure, there are times when you might have struggled. There are times when you might have had to really pull all the stops out to get yourself through it. And maybe there's even a week of it um, you've got left before uh, you can finish it. That's okay. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, but it's important to realise that the packaging of this 30 days is almost a whole life of human development, all packaged up. And now you get the chance to apply it. And I think that's the reason you would continue for coaching is applying what you've learned. Application, meaning walk the talk, or as we do uh, limp our lives, uh, is really, let's go through what you've done so far. On the first day, uh, I sent you uh, an audio and that was all about parent, adult, child, self-talk, uh, motivation, was the first level, the parent. The child was reward and instruction was the adult. And you realize that there's three levels of self-talk and those three levels are what we call the flowers. We then went on today zero, talking about a gratitude walk and how important it is to get up and get outside and take a photo of nature and listen to something inspiring and walk around, not try to think, not exercise, just get some fresh air, watch the sun come up, watch the birds in the trees, just connect. And I think this is the place between the spiritual world, which is sleep, and the material world, which is wake. There's a gap in between where you shouldn't, where it's wise not to be running and exercising and Thing. It's, it's just wise to take some time to have a cup of tea and walk around, take a few photos of nature and put them up on an Instagram account and be committed to the discipline of celebrating just 15 to 20 minutes of, of and I do a podcast every day, as you know, on uh, Inner Wealth uh, podcast and also do we do one every two weeks with Troy. So there's, there's material around which... Uh, which aligns with the work that you now know you need to do on a daily basis to keep yourself one step ahead. Please don't get obsessed with learning new stuff. It's all just fads and fancies um, that doesn't solve. It just causes more problems. So just be aware of this period in the day that you could actually have called a gratitude walk. Um, we then went on to talk about diet and, and uh, prepare yourself. We did the slow carb diet and in the book of Tim Ferriss, I kind of like think 
you know, we, we, what's really important is because you've now learnt about your constitution, you've now learnt about different uh, foods that, that develop different qualities in our character, um, I'd rather than eat to a diet, I would say eat to work. And if you're doing a lot of paperwork, doing a lot of uh, spreadsheets, um, maybe something heavy like steak is really good, uh, uh, red meat. And if you're doing really visionary work and you're doing uh, things like that, then we know eating like a rabbit really works. If you're doing a lot of communication, there's a different foodstuffs. If you're doing marketing, there's different foodstuffs. And if you're doing, if you're nurturing somebody who's not well and you've got some family problems and you need to be more uh, in, the, in the nurturing mode, then we know that fluids and, and things of that nature are good. And that book, uh, Constitution Analysis or Be In Your Element, really explains it all. Office design, office environment uh, included. So the diet thing, uh, especially when you get down to a body weight that you think is kind of like enjoyable, uh, we shift from being uh, slow carb into eat to work. The next one we went on, we started to talk on day one about the seven levels of being human and got to, should, need to, want to, desire to, choose to, love to, being a consciousness pyramid. And the pyramids of Egypt, you, they would say, would be designed on exactly this principle. But so in the Bible, it talks about the seven realms or the seven candlesticks. Uh, in, in Buddhism, they have the same seven uh, levels and so in most philosophy they talk about this this rule of sevens the seven layers and it's really important to understand that there is something really beautiful and profoundly simple about understanding the chaos that we call the human condition and actually seeing where human nature and the chaos of the human condition fit and making sure that if you aren't armed don't go into the got who world, um, avoid it if you can, but f make sure that your own got to inside your body is fulfilled. Now that requires discipline. Disciplines of daily exercise, discipline of sailing, saving, discipline of relationship gratitude, discipline of priorities at work, discipline, discipline. So we, we covered off the consciousness cone and this is really important because what we agreed in the, in the early parts of the 30 days is the top three levels are where leadership's at, the bottom four levels are where f management and followership's at. If you want to create a really efficient, effective uh, team, coach them up or out. And in the last days of the 30-day challenge, I talked to you a lot about coaching others and the ability to coach them up or coach them out. If someone says, I don't want your coaching, they really are saying, I don't want your leadership. On day two, we talked about red flags. And these are the things that are early warning signs. Now, I, every year, the Cancer Council of Australia send me a bowel cancer kit, and it's just a bloody awful thing to get in the mail. But I'm over 50, and they send everybody who's in that uh, age bracket a, a bowel cancer kit. And what they're basically saying is if you just take a little droplet of water out of the toilet and put it in this little envelope and post it off to somebody somewhere, They'll work out whether you've got early stages of bowel cancer. And if they catch early stages of bowel cancer, really at the early stages, it's a really easy thing to treat. However, if it progresses and you don't know whether you've got it or not, you just feel a bit crook and you start to feel a bit mediocre, the damn thing uh, grabs hold and you end up 
potentially dying or having whole guts ripped out. So red flags are early intervention. And we typically it's fun to hand these red flags to others to say, if you see me with a frown on my face, walking around a house with a frown on my face, please, red flag, throw, pick up a red flag, throw it down. If you see me working uh, 10 hours a day, seven days a week, please throw down a red flag. If you see me grumpy at the kids, if you see me come home from work uh, and talk about work, non-stop talk, talk, talk about work, 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 throw down a red flag. There are, we each have different ones. And uh, one of my red flags, it's really interesting. I get uh, uh, cold sores on my lip. And I've got that ever since being in Nepal about 30, 40 years ago, the first, even the first trip. Somehow I, I got a cold sore on my lip. Maybe I kissed a donkey or a yak or something. And I got a cold sore on my lip. But every time my immune system starts to uh, struggle a little bit, I can feel the swelling in my lip from a cold sore. And I go and take the necessary herbs and medication, not for cold sores. I'm not interested in that topic. I'm interested in my immune system struggling to keep up, which is what the cold sore is a red flag for. So we all have, you know, sore back, achy shoulders, you know, and we went, and I, I took you through the body-mind work where you can actually say, man, my neck's really sore. Well, that's carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Nature is telling you something. It's an early warning sign of something that could cause you to become quite ill or could cause you to make a very big mistake at work. So a leader is looking for the early warning red flags for themselves so they not don't have to run into a brick wall and go, oh man, I was going too fast. The body-mind work, I think, is one of the great secrets of life is to say, oh man, my knees are a bit sore. Maybe I'm being a bit stubborn. Or, oof, my ankles nearly sprained my ankle. Maybe I'm not certain about my own direction. Or my hips, maybe, I, or, or hamstring, I'm overreaching. You know, you can take your body and feed it back into your mind. And it's not, it's not saying you're doing the wrong thing. It's just nature gifting you without a hospital bed. It's early warning signs. Um, we then went on to talk about uh, the, the total packaging on day three of the power hour. And the power hour is, I think, a work of genius and a gift to everybody who learns it. But not everybody uh, celebrates the gifts they are given. The Power Hour says human nature, in nature, requires six things to change to cause a change of result. And those six things I've taken you through step by step in the 30 days. I've taken you through the ability to do a discard, which is evolve your mind. I've taken you through the ability to do a very, very quick three-minute burst session on a, on, a, on a standing bike or up a hill with minimal impact on your body to cause your cardiovascular system and your cellular system to refresh itself. We talked about a juice cleanse for most people did a juice cleanse because it's an opportunity to respect and value the cellular structure of your body. The juice cleanse is not cleaning your bowel or cleaning your uh, colon or whatever it is. What the juice cleanse is doing is working at a very deep cellular level to give your cells of your body a chance to release the memory, the emotion, the acids, the things that have built up over a period of time. The third part of the uh, uh, power hour was 
recognizing the key, the greatest key of all to personal awareness, and that is environment. And that if you're wearing a bright red shirt, you're going to inflame your passions. If you're wearing a white one, you're going to calm yourself down. If you're wearing a black shirt, you could even darken your mood and become very, uh, uh, what's it called, solemn, solemn. There are the, the state of your desk, whether it's clean, whether there's fresh flowers or, or fresh greenery in your room. We talked about the office layout, whether you're uh, an etheric person, air person, fire dominant, water dominant or earth dominant, the environment of your office. This is why I think these, uh, these uh, open plan offices that they have where you just go and hire a desk and uh, have portable desk, this is completely not conducive to diversity. And yet the same very same people who are sitting at those desks may even have a business called diversity. That if we don't respect the diverse need for the diverse environments we're going to work in, where we thrive, we can't understand our true nature. We are being more about, let's be generic, let's all have heterosexual, white, Anglo-Saxon, Christian people running the country instead of a diverse range of people. And our environment needs to be diverse as well for each of us. That's where having a home with a partner is complicated because it gets into the concept of a compromised environment. A water element person might be with an etheric element person and they're trying to work out what's the best lounge suite to buy when the answer is the water person needs to buy a water lounge suite and the etheric person needs to have the balcony where they can look out the thing and not compromise. So we talked about environment at great length and I think you did an exercise of decluttering and I think decluttering on a daily basis is part of the power hour. We then went on to talk about priorities and values and you did your own values and in the understanding of your values chain, you understand when people say, who are you? Who are you? They're really asking, who are your values? What are your values? And those values came from voids. When it was either too much or too little in the, the last three months of life, uh, of life in the womb or the, or the next two, three years of life outside of it, there was too much or too little of something. And that creates a, a void value equation. And the void value equation means our dominant value is where we get our self-respect from, self-worth. When we work on our highest value, we feel bloody fantastic about ourselves. When we work our ass off on our lowest value, somebody else feels fantastic about us, but we feel like shit. And understanding this mathematics and understanding how it's, it ebbs and flows through life, and you've got to return back to it on a daily basis, saying, what's my value? What am I doing? Who expects me to do this? Who's saying should? Who's saying shouldn't? Where am I saying should and shouldn't? Working through this on a daily basis is really, really key to staying in a state of good self-worth. And self-worth and financial worth and relationship worth and work worth are all one topic. It's not separable. The next one we did was a vision quest. And this is where people get into sticky ground. The vision quest is meant to be something where you say, if I couldn't fail, what would I do? And most people who are, who are uh, in business of some degree are infatuated with the how with the how word. So if you say to someone who's in business, uh, I'm going to build a billion dollar company, they go, how? Straight away, how? They don't go, wow, what a beautiful dream you've got. Oh my goodness, well done for you for having a beautiful dream. Oh, 
tell me all about your dreams. No, no, no. What most people in business do, they nail it to the fence. They kill the child self-talk. They kill the, the, rewar the reward self-talk of well done for having a vision. They kill it straight away by going into, into adult, which is parent, adult, child. Remember the middle one, which is instructional. How? 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 How are you going to do that? How? 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 And in doing that, they kill the concept of what is a real vision. And a real vision is something that you have no idea how you're going to achieve. You've just got it there. You just put it out there and you go, man, I would one day love to look at Earth from space. And someone says, how? And you go, I have no, no idea. But it's my vision. It's one of my visions to do that. And this ability to maintain this childlike uh, enthusiasm about the unknown, about doing things beyond the how, is how you stay in business and stay at work without becoming a boring, boring, boring person who calls himself a leader, which is who is nothing more than a manager and would not be followed if it weren't for the fact that you have some control of people's revenue stream. Keeping the child alive keeping that joy in yourself alive, having your vision and dreams is the most important and most critical part of why you would be involved in uh, life coaching because it is the thing that determines the quality of your relationship, the quality of your health, the quality of your financial state, the quality of your work environment, the quality of your leadership. It is your spiritual core. And this vision that we've talked about here is not something you know how to do. They're called goals. Anything you can achieve is not your purpose. So having some sense of dream or purpose beyond yourself means that the work you do while you're here lasts longer than while you're here, which is not too bad because most people, what they did while they were here evaporates as they lower them into the ground. <laughs> so the vision and having a dream board up on the wall, it's kind of like being able to go to Disneyland once a day. And I think every human being has a child in them, which has a self-talk within them, which rewards itself for being just being and has a dream board. Uh, the last one, of course, we talked about it long and, uh, long and hard, is self-talk. You talk to yourself incessantly 24-7. If there are weeds in there that have come from judging your parents or judging somebody or being wrong or being right or being afraid or trying to form an identity, if there are words in there that are not healthy for you in your brain and you say, I've got to get rid of those words, if you don't plant a new word in there to replace it, the old word grows back. And so most self-help, most personal development, most uh, human development fails because people pull out the weeds, they, get a, they go and do some retreat or something, they, they know what they're doing wrong, they know what to do right, but they don't plant flowers. And planting flowers means self-talk, forced self-talk. Well done, Chris. Well done, you. You are doing well. You can do this. You can achieve this. These words fill up the space where the weeds were pulled out. And the, the last step, the seventh step in the power hour is results, which takes you all the way back to the four columns of the discard form. What did I achieve today? What am I going to do tomorrow? What did I achieve today? What am I going to do tomorrow? 
What am I grateful for today? What am I grateful for tomorrow? These results keep you absolutely in the highest level of trajectory towards your promised goals. So we did a lot of work to get to this point in the 30-day challenge. I then took you on a little bit of a fairy, fairy dream out into the spiritual viewpoint realm. And this is where many people went, oh, that's enough. This is a bit spooky out here. We're talking about shit that uh, doesn't really matter on a daily basis. And you're right. So I guess at, at, at the point, the next point of this is to say, you can't manage anything you can't see a bigger picture than. You can't manage anything you can't uh, see the balance in. And so I, I think of every person who does the 30-day challenge as a global leader. To be a global leader, you need to have a universal viewpoint. Otherwise, you're on the thing you're managing. And that's like being on a sinking ship and trying to save it. Uh, I remember my great uncle Doug in Tasmania. Uncle Doug drove the ferry across the river from east to west Devonport for 48 years. Every day, five, six, seven, eight, I don't know how many times. Backwards and forwards, a little ferry across the thing, across, back, across, back. That was his job. And one day on the ferry, I was about eight years old. He said, would you help me today? And he asked me to, from the inside of the ferry to push against the side of the ferry so it would get closer to the wharf. And of course, I'm pushing and he says, put your back into it, you little bugger. And I'm leaning and pushing and my father and everybody else in the whole ferry laughing their heads off because for some reason I got it in my brain that listening to what Uncle Doug told me was means respectful to adults and the fucker was just making a big joke of me on the ferry because you can't move something when you're on it, in it. And so if you want to have a, be a global leader in whatever you do in the world, even as a parent or even as a, a consultant or whatever, you need to be outside the thing to be able to lead it. And that means if you're going to be a global leader, you need to have a universal view. And I think the spiritual viewpoint day, which was around about day 15, was, a, was an opportunity for, to just wrestle with the constraints of your own thinking uh, boundaries. We talked about motivating yourself to do what you don't want to do. And I would say 60%, 50%, 60 70% of the things you do in your life are not necessarily the things if you had a billion dollars you would volunteer to do. You know, hang the washing up or uh, do the dish or uh, sit in a meeting at work for an hour and a half listening to some boring boss Babylon about how important they think they are and how important this goddamn company is when really all they and then, and then tell you how much they care which they don't they care about themselves and the only reason they care about you is because that's how they get what they want so you've got to understand the world works like this and so motivating yourself to be involved in this world and and deal with human nature means you really have to know how to motivate yourself to do stuff that you don't necessarily want to do and that was a great day Staying relevant was about evolving into, uh, into incompetence. And we all evolve up. We, we evolve, we grow into incompetence. And staying relevant means we grow into incompetence, we learn, we grow into incompetence. And so an athlete, for example, will have two things. They'll have reward self-talk and they'll have dealing with failure self-talk, which is all about rewarding themselves for learning something during the process. Whichever way it goes, it's all good. It's on track. The central forces 
and getting to the summary so far in the program, we, the central forces means the more powerful you are within yourself, knowing yourself, within the, the, the concept of self, the more powerful you are in that, the more you draw things to you and the better the leader you are. In most people's uh, concept of leadership is reach out, reach out and grab people and pull them in. But actually you don't. You, you open your hand and let the feather drop into it by drawing your energy into yourself, into, into, your, uh, into your center. And this is why a personal vision is really important, a personal integrity is really important, and knowing yourself is really important. We talked about overwhelm being a leader's nightmare. And for goodness sake, there is nothing, there is nothing clearer on earth than the fact that if, if you are overwhelmed, if you are stressed and you're expecting to be promoted, you better take a long look in the mirror because nobody on earth is going to promote a stressed, a stressed person. Nobody on earth is going to promote someone who's not getting their work done in six to seven hours a day. Nobody on earth is going to promote someone who's not laughing and enjoying their day. They're going to think, this poor bastard's overwhelmed. This poor person's overwhelmed. I can't give them more work because it's no fun working with them already, let alone give them more. And so uh, they say success breeds success. I disagree entirely. I disagree success breeds success. I think feeling lucky and blessed breeds success. And I think feeling lucky and ble ble blessed is all about managing volume, how to get more done in less time. That question of the universe is to say, how do you get more done in less time? How do you get more done in less time? How do you get more done in less time? And we talked about um, organized, supervised, deputized as being one of the processes of automation where we're trying to take as much as we do in a repetitive sense and automate it so it gets done either by a computer or by a system or on a sheet of paper. That means we don't have to think twice. It's called modeling. Turning up, well, we know that when you come home from work, uh, you can walk in the house with your pig poo boots and walk around with stress and worry and talk about yourself and talk about work and talk about this shit and your kids will stand there going, what the name of goodness, is that what life's about? You work all day, come home, worry all night, and work all day and worry all night. Then you end up arguing with mum and dad, and, and you, you end up in all sorts of strife. And th that's not a modelling. Turning up means you walk in the front door and you're available. You're available not to rest because that's an unbalanced person. A balanced person is balanced in all seven areas of life. An unbalanced person walks in the front door and goes, oh, I need a break which is complete and utter, no matter how position they hold in the business, complete and utter incompetence. So turning up at home, when you arrive in the front door, you turn up for the family, for the kids. You allocate yourself and say, what do you want to do, kid? What do you want to do, daughter? What do you want to do, son? And you split them all up, if you've got 15 of them, and you do one at a time, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. And that's where the enemy, the great enemy of uh, unconditional love, the great enemy of good parenting and the great enemy of turning up is revealing itself. It's called spin. And spin is basically multitasking. When you're doing the dishes, cooking the dinner and entertaining the kids, thinking you're doing all three well, you're making a... Uh, I was going to say stupid, but that's not fair. A very big mistake. Because... 
nothing's getting done right. Put your heart into what you do. There are no half-hearted success stories. And a kid who thinks you're splitting your attention between the cooking and them and the other kids, that kid is feeling ignored, even though you think you're doing the right thing. Turning up, turning up. And there was a book that I shared with you during the 30 days called Stillness, The Art of Stillness. And this book turns, talks about turning up in life, turning up 110%. And if you make that the outcome of your 30 days, I promise you relationships, friendships, and leadership will change dramatically. We talked about productivity. We talked about resilience. Do you remember the audio on resilience? One of the great audios that I've done that I absolutely believe cuts through the ruffle of resilience being some sort of hard-ass encasement that we put ourselves in and turned it into a concept of uh, compassion and understanding. We did the be in the element. You did mind mastery. You've done peak money management. You've done so much that is going to help you uh, put yourself in an exceptional place for the future. There are many things in the 30-day challenge that we cover. Not only these things, but the things you personally asked about and the person personally talked about. And so you've got not only these structural things, but you've got one-on-one -on -one unique coaching for you as a unique individual. And that was my commitment. When I stood in front of an audience after the World Trade Center and looked out as a keynote speaker, 20 years on the road, and I looked at everybody and, 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 and I sort of looked out and I saw everybody clap at the end of my speech and everybody nod. And I went into the toilet and I was in the cubicle afterwards and I was sitting there in the cubicle in the men's toilet after the speech. And I heard people talking about the speech, even though they'd given me a standing ovation, even though they clapped, they were going, I don't get it. He's up himself. And I didn't realize. And then I suddenly went, you know what? Entertaining people is a gift. It's a powerful thing and it's a wonderful thing. But I really wanted to make a difference. And so I believe in the 30-day challenge. You get impacted. The impact on you and the opening of your heart and the changing of your life and the creating of a vision helps you help others. And so we change the world one heart at a time through the 30-day challenge. There are many things you've got from this program. One thing I would love you to do as a, as a thank you is to drop me a little note via uh, email uh, with a testimonial on it to, so that you can pay it forward to whoever else comes on the website going, I wonder if I should do this 30-day thing. Uh, in that note, please uh, let me know if you want to be uh, anonymous because that's fine too. Paying it forward, coaching others, helping others, but being a real model, not a role model, is the aspiration of leadership with the 30-day challenge. This is Chris. Have a great day. Bye for now.